You are listening to the Indie Game Development Podcast Show, sponsored by Curiosoft Kids Games and the letter E. Visit the Indie Game Development Podcast site at www.indiegamepod.com. Uh, this is the Indie Game Development Podcast. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is uh, Josiah Pachota, and I'm uh, one of the founders of Chronicologic. Okay, cool. Um, so, how did you uh, get into games? Um, well, I've, I mean, I've always been inter- interested in games since I was a kid. I was playing games, and uh, I guess ever since I was probably, I don't know, probably since I got a computer, I started working on a like programming and trying to make games, just kind of as a hobby. So, um, oh, it wow. all, yeah. So I started when I was pretty young, when like I don't know, I must have been like twelve or something like that, and uh, I just kind of continued to do that throughout a. Uh, throughout my childhood and like and through like high school and then uh eventually I just started doing it professionally. Um what what was your first game? What was the first game that you made then? Um well the first game that I started or the first game I completed? Um well let's go with the first game that you started. <laughs> um I used to do like uh kind of text-based adventure games in uh kind of like early early role-playing games but they're all text-based so i used to work on a lot of those but those are a pretty massive project and i definitely never completed any of them okay cool um and then what was the first game that you completed um i think the first game that i'd actually call completed was actually a, a project that uh myself and uh my friend alex austin did for a uh programming class i think it was like at a community college and it was called a plus racing and it was a little top-down racing game that uh that we (laughs) we basically had to get an a plus on the on the final to get an a in the class and uh it seemed to work because it was a it was a pretty complex game for it was a really simple c class and it had a lot of stuff in it so it was pretty cool okay awesome um so after that uh what what did you decide did you decide then that you could probably be doing this or was it still like, okay, well, this is just for a class, and there's really not much else we can do? Um, well, it was just kind of like a, a little game that you know that we put together for a class. But um, but I was working on you know other games and other projects, but uh, didn't actually complete any for. I mean, I continued to do it for several years after that, and uh, didn't like actually you know complete a professional project until a few years later. Okay. Well, what inspired you to finally complete a project then? I mean, was there any, was it just a change in mentality, or did you finally find something that you really liked? Um, I think it was, yeah, kind of a change in a, a change in what kind of games that uh, I was trying to make. I, I mean, I hooked up with a, a team of people, and we started kind of working on simpler, smaller games that were a lot more feasible to complete. Okay. Um, that's pretty interesting. I mean, when you talk about all those projects that you were just working on but didn't necessarily finish... What types of games were they? Um, they they varied a lot, uh, <laughs> from uh, like 2D uh, kind of RPG games to um, cool. eventually uh, I was actually working on a uh, kind of a first-person vehicle combat game with a couple other guys. That was you know a huge project that was you know just massive amount of time it would have taken to complete it. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. So now you decided to do smaller games, and uh, so what happened after that? 
Um, well, what happened eventually is I'd actually, I mean, I'd always been interested in, um, in working for myself and, you know, having my own company. So I was actually doing that, but not uh, games related. I was just kind of doing computer consulting and, and things like that. And uh, a friend of mine, Alex Austin, released the game Bridge Builder as just a free game. And uh, seeing, like, the popularity that it gained, uh, he definitely, you know, got an indication that it could be a, uh, you know, a commercial product based on it and so uh, he worked on that product and had it all ready to go and uh, released it as a pawn effects which uh, which did you know which was there selling online doing decently and so him and uh, another friend of mine Ben Nichols needed some help and since I've been working with uh, Alex for years uh, I moved down to Santa Cruz with them and, and joined up and that's how uh, Chronic Logic started. Oh awesome. Um... So the question is, is did you even consider the Internet as a distribution? Well, like when you were first working on games, did you ever want to see your game or have the ambition to make, like, get a game on retail shelves or something? Yeah, when I first started, like, I hadn't even, like, really, you know, heard of the shareware model before. So it was all, like, about, you know, AAA title <laughs> and retail shelves, you know, and, and getting rich. But, uh, yeah, you learn a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, so now you hear about this whole internet distribution thing, and what was going through your mind? I mean, did you think that it would be as big as it is today, or? Um, yeah, like, well, when I, you know, I first kind of got the concept of it, and like, I mean, it's shareware games, by the time, you know, that I really got serious, shareware games had been around, and like, games distributed via, you know, like, BBSs, yeah. and, uh, you know, then you, you mail in a check, and, you, and they, they ship the full version to you, so, I mean, just basically that, that exact model, but taken to the internet, I could, you know, see clearly it had a huge potential. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so, now you joined this, uh, did, what, what was the name of this company that you joined then, with, uh, your friends. That was Chronic Logic. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Did, did you um, <laughs> did you uh, come up with the name after everyone was there, or was it already named Chronic Logic? The name was actually uh, I mean, thinking up a name for a company is a difficult thing. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> so it's got to like, be unique. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually you know there's tons of names that you know were thrown around, but a mutual friend of of all three of ours just kind of you know sitting around throwing out names just came up with it one day and it just stuck okay awesome um so so now you all three are together are you still working on bridge builder or what's i guess what's the strategy after that um so that was right at the uh right after the release of of pontifex so it was you know selling and it uh the sales started to decline and so we were all just kind of you know trying to decide on on other games to do and thinking about doing like a sequel to it but uh, we weren't really like working on anything specific at the time just trying different ideas and, and seeing what we wanted to do next okay um, now at that time when you talk about sales starting to decline was that because of lack of marketing or was it were you like um, were you still considering it like the retail model where it's like you put your game out there and then after a while it'll stop selling yeah, I think that was kind of the mindset that we had at that point without, you know, not having much experience in the in the online space. And, I mean, at, at that point in time, I'd never even heard of an indie game before. Like, 
that that oh, term really? was just, okay. you know, like just starting to be used. So it was really shareware games, and this was just kind of a new distribution model. So I mean, we kind of looked at you know like the the retail. You release a product, and it has a limited shelf life, and the sales decline pretty rapidly. You know, after that time, as kind of what to expect from the online space as well. So it was okay. kind of that was what we expected. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're working on other project ideas. What what happens next then? Um, well, <laughs> we uh, we sat around for probably about six months and and didn't get much done. And uh, at that point, everyone was kind of running out of money, and uh, we needed to come up with something uh, something quick, basically that that could you know keep some revenue streams flowing. And so, yeah. one one weekend, Alex and I came up with the uh, the concept for Triptych. Okay. And in about uh, in about two weeks, we finished the game with uh, basically without an artist and uh, yeah, very limited time, and uh, and released it. Okay. And um, how did that go? Did that rekindle your hopes for uh, indie game development? Yeah, well, it definitely you know gave us a little uh, income stream to work with, and uh, you know it was pretty exciting to be able to put something together like that so quickly and. Um, and so it, you know, and it gave us some time <laughs> to start <laughs> working on on other projects. Well, were those two weeks like totally um, hectic, or was it still pretty laid back? Um, yeah, they weren't. I mean, they weren't that bad. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know, a lot of work, but you know, not like sixteen hours a day or anything. Okay, cool. Um, now, what surprises me is that you're you're saying that um, Pontifex was, I guess, like after a while, sales started declining, but from what I noticed on the site, I mean, there's there's a huge user community, right? Yeah, yeah. There is well, there's a huge community that kind of developed from from Bridge Builder, I think. Like, there's a lot of people who, I mean, probably over a million people who played it, and so yeah. like a, a lot of people were into that, you know. And so that kind of carried over to Pontifex, and there's definitely a lot of, you know, custom community made levels and things like that. Okay. Now to be clear, Bridge Builder was the freeware. Yeah, yeah, okay. the very small, less than a meg freeware, super yeah. simple 2D graphics. And then Pontifex was the uh, bridge construction set. No, but the Pontifex was actually was the game that was just released right after Bridge Builder, and then uh, Bridge Construction Set was the sequel to oh, Pontif really? okay. Pontifex. Okay. Um. So, so you released this small game, and um, I guess like, did you have a huge user community? Based on um, Pontifex at that time, I mean, yeah, it was uh, there was definitely a, a community that was forming there, and and uh, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't call it huge, but it was, you know, it was considerable. Okay, cool. Um, so now, after this game, uh, what did you decide next? Was it time to relax a little more, or? Well, I mean, Triptych was a, you know, wasn't too much of a, of a complex game or anything, and it wasn't really what I'd call like our hardcore market. So yeah. um so I mean the sales were okay on it and it gave us some time but we really, you know, had to keep working on another project and that was when we decided to do a bridge construction set. Okay. Um what inspired you to do the sequel then? Well just kinda like the you know the popularity of, of Pontifex and like the the way that it was set up, we definitely felt like we could do a, a better game, kind of more like the original Bridge Builder, okay. but with you know more advanced graphics and and more options in terms of what you can build, what types of bridges. Okay, cool. And uh, how long did this take? Um, 
I forget how long it took exactly, but you know, probably about six months. Okay. Cool. Um, so you released the game, um, and I guess what happened then? Um, so yeah, we released uh, Bridge Construction Set, and uh, it was um, yeah, it was well received. Uh, we we won the Audience Award at IGF, and um, and that definitely kind of from our experience with other games, we knew a little bit more about you know marketing and a game online, and so. That like and developing the community more with uh, like contests and things like that. Yeah. So, so we've kind of been able to to get you know once that game got going, it really kept going pretty strong for quite a while. I mean, it still sells pretty you know decently for an indie game. To yeah, this day. I mean, yeah, I mean, I always see. Well, I used to always see like contests and stuff based on that game, and so it's just always amazing to see like that huge user community. Yeah, yeah, we have a, a really good fan site called uh, BridgeBuilderGame.com, and, and they actually run contests of all, uh, I think, all the bridge building games, Pontifex Bridge Construction Set and the original Bridge Builder, and they run them about once every month and a half, so oh. they alter, alternate which game. And we actually have a contest running right now for a uh, for Bridge Construction Set that we we got ATI to sponsor, and we oh, have awesome. a couple of yeah, a couple of X1600 and X1300 video card to give away as prizes. Okay. Now, when you were developing this game, I guess, was there any difference in the development methodology for this game compared to the ones that you did previous to that? Um, I was, I mean, we definitely had a better idea of, you know, of what it took to make a game having, you know, completed a couple, but uh, I mean, it was basically the same. We wanted to do it in about six months and, you know, have a, a product that was similar in quality to the uh, to Pontifex. Okay. What about uh, user testing and stuff? Did you do a lot of, um, I guess, like beta testing or user testing? Yeah, we definitely, you know, had the community to help us with that. So when the game was was pretty close to to finish, we we had a large beta test with it and got a lot of feedback, and that definitely helped shape it. Okay. Did you submit to IGF after you released it, or was it before you released it? Um, I believe it was before it was released that we submitted. Oh, okay, cool. And um, so you get press from IGF. What what were the other marketing things that you did to um, to I guess improve the uh, uh, success? Um, mostly just uh, like you know trying to get coverage on as many sites as possible that don't charge money. So like demo sites, review sites, um, shareware sites. Just trying to you know go t to as many websites as possible and and spread the news about the game. Okay. Did you actually, like, in one of our previous podcasts, uh, VG Smart uh, mentioned stuff about marketing, like actually getting to know the editors of the sites and stuff like that. Was that something that you did, or was it mostly just sending press releases or uh, generic emails? Um, I, w I wouldn't say it's something that I did intentionally, but it's kind of was a, a side effect of continuing to, you know, have press releases going out and different news and contests and, and you know, patches that, uh, you know, over time you send those out and you, you definitely get to know some of the editors of different sites, and that's definitely helpful. You get a feel for, you know, what they're looking for, what they want, so you can really work together better. Okay, awesome. Um, and the other thing is your user community. I guess, like, was that... Was that a huge part of the, the marketing, like just their word of mouth to other people? Yeah, and especially with like games that are that are like bridge construction set, like 
the people who like them, usually they really like them. So I think word of mouth, you know, is a, is a really big part of, of getting it out there because people, you know, if, if they really like it, they're going to tell other people and, and encourage them to try it. Okay, cool. So, so after that whole experience, um, what's going through your mind? Are you spending time then just purely marketing or are you just thinking about your next game? Um, well, trying to do both really, but, um, definitely, you know, once you have a couple of products out there and you have a web page and you're, you're trying to market both of them and then you have to start dealing with things like support and, um, yeah. and a lot of other like, you know, opportunities come up too for different types of, um, online or like even like deals in magazines or retail in smaller countries or just lots of different things. And that all definitely, you know, takes time out of your schedule. Okay. Can you talk about um, some of these opportunities and like how you handle it, or was there any kind of strategy or? Um, there, there wasn't really like a overall strategy. I mean, at that point, they were it was all kind of new to us. So, um, so we just you know evaluate them on a on a one at a time basis and see if we felt like it was it was it was worth you know our time and effort and if it was a fair deal. And uh, we were pretty picky about what we did and what we didn't do. Okay. I mean, did you ever? Did you see a trend in, in the types of deals that worked best compared to the ones that didn't work best? Um, well, I think one of the major things that, that I learned throughout is that, like, the, the online distribution, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of websites that really kind of start, start to consolidate uh, online distribution. Um, and the port, the you know, called portal sites, and yeah. and those sites when you, they start to uh, like consolidate, they want to bring you know a, a large number of you know users to their site so they can get the most sales, and uh, so doing that they definitely kind of hit a market that's more casual than most of our games are, okay. because like you know the the average person probably you know, is interested in a game that's a little simpler than the games that we had. So those really didn't work that well for us. So it was kind of like finding alternative ways to uh, to get distribution. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I guess, like, did you ever categorize what types of people like your, like your game the most? It was like, was it scientists or engineers, or was it a, still a broad range of people? Um, I think it's a pretty broad range because the... Uh, because the bridge building games are really simple to uh, to get into. I mean, you you can just click and trial and error, and you can, yeah. you know you see the difference, you see the results. So you don't really have to know that anything about you know physics or about engineering to get into them. So okay. I th think it definitely attracts a wide range of people. But uh, we get lots of positive feedback from uh, civil engineers. Oh, awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, so after that, are are you? Finally, like feeling out—is your company then feeling out where it's going to go after that, or were you thinking of other types of games to do? Um, like, were you thinking more of like the simulator or like you know the physics-based simulation type of thing, or? Yeah, well, we always like just kind of had that direction of having games that were you know physics-based because of how they offered a kind of dynamic gameplay, like that uh, every time you play, you're going to get you know a different experience and. And it's uh, so that was kind of always our goal. But uh, in terms of the specific games to do with that, we never really had an overall plan. It was just trying different ideas and seeing what worked. Okay, so so you felt your niche was physics-based stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so after that game, uh, how did you come across your next game? Um, so after Bridge Construction Set. Um,
we did a we actually did a game called Bridget, which was a collaboration between uh, between Nvidia and a company called Aron and Chronologic. And uh, basically, you know, Nvidia approached us with an opportunity to use our bridge building game as a graphics demo for their for their video cards. Okay. And so um, it was you know a good opportunity to get some additional exposure. And so Aron used their graphics engine to and kind of added it to bridge construction set to make a graphically enhanced version which was called which is called Bridget. Okay. Um now if I recall that game only r- ran on Nvidia, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um so was it more of a demo or did you actually promote it and try to sell it and stuff like that? Yeah, it was uh I mean it was a full-on game. It was pretty similar to Bridge Construction Set but with a, you know a lot better graphics. Uh, more a polished interface and you know more sounds things that you can do when you have more money and so it was um it was definitely a complete game and and yeah we we still sell it to this day okay awesome um cool and so after that what were you thinking of then trying to do demos for with other companies and stuff or were you thinking of just doing your next game uh, that was just kind of one of the opportunities that presented itself. So, I mean, it was it was a cool thing to do, but it wasn't, you know, something that we really wanted to continue doing. Okay. Um, cool. So then after that game, what was the next game? Um, so then we, uh, I mean, we were always kind of working on different, you know, different ideas for games. And, uh, yeah. you know, the few that, that work out are the ones that <laughs> that you see. So, um, so yeah. is the process pretty much where you're just coming up with like little hacks or little demos or prototypes and just seeing what sticks? Yeah, exactly. Like basically prototyping ideas and seeing, you know, how, how well they play and if think that it's something feasible to make it into a whole game and if it'll be fun. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so you're prototyping along and yeah, and so we were we were working and uh, we. Uh, we started working with uh, a local artist here named Edmund, and um, he kind of pitched the uh, the idea of Gish, the Gish character, this ball of tar that um, that was, you know, this hero trying to rescue his girlfriend. And so we started working on that, and that, you know, became. I and mean, we were actually working on other projects at the time, also the um, a collaboration with another company called a Golf question mark or that the game was called golf question mark we were working okay. on that at the same time but um gish kind of got completed much earlier oh okay cool um so you're working on this game called gish and uh are you i guess like what was it a lot of prototypes that got you to the gameplay that you wanted or what what was the initial idea was it much different than what finally turned out or because um, I mean, you're talking about your artist, and he's just mentioning the character, but yeah, and uh, I mean, he had ideas for you know the different abilities that that you have and the things that you could do, but you know, over the process of of testing and and you know adjusting, it definitely didn't turn out exactly as it was uh, pictured, you know, originally. Okay. Um, let's see. Did you do uh, like you submitted to IGF before you released it, right? Yeah, we actually uh, we submitted to IGF, and um, and that was always kind of a big crunch time deadline, you know. So uh, we got a version that that was pretty early on and submitted it to IGF, and uh, we didn't we didn't win anything that year. And so the uh, 
because the game that we submitted, which is, you know, the ones that the judges actually judge on, was really different than than the game turned out to be. So okay. then we, we actually submitted the next year, and th- at that time it was a finished game. Oh, okay. And uh, what happened that year when you submitted it? So that year we actually we ended up winning the, the grand prize. and oh, awesome. um Yeah, that was a, a really good experience. It was a lot of fun. And um and it was yeah we, I mean you could really tell the difference between from the previous year and and you, the next year I mean we had a a much much improved game. Um, do you find the IGFs helping you in terms of exposure? I mean, is it is it really that big of a boost towards, um, I guess, not only your sales but also the marketing and the, I guess, uh, value of your studio. Um, yeah, I think it, I mean, it definitely gives you a boost. It gives you some, um, you know, some recognition and drives traffic to your, to your website. But, um, I think, I mean, it probably helps, like, you know, if you're just like, just starting up as a studio, I think it'll probably help you more than if you're kind of have, you know, some name recognition in the indie community already. Okay. So let's go back to, um, to the GISH that you initially submitted and then the gish that you submitted the second time um what were the big differences um well the the original one basically all all there was was the character and you your goal was actually to go around and collect these like tar bubbles that were placed throughout the level um the level didn't have any moving parts in it it didn't have any enemies um i don't think it had any lighting effects so it was, it was really just kind of you know rudimentary version oh okay cool and then the the finished version um to get to that stage did you i guess what what was the process was it the same development process that you used for your previous games or was there something different that you did it was pretty much the same i mean just you know keep testing different ideas and putting them in and making sure that they're fun and they add to the game and you know they're not too too much of a of a drain on time to implement and um and yeah just you know keep doing you know as much as we could to to get in the game that would make it fun okay are you um constantly user testing while you're doing this or did you user test at the end um most of the most of the early testing is just done done here and then once like you have a semi semi completed game we do some kind of beta test to get you know additional (coughs) feedback and stuff okay um and how long did it take to finish gish then um it was also took around six months to finish awesome okay so you released a game and um i guess how was it received and what what happened after that um gish was really well received it had um like a lot of people really liked it i'd say it was definitely like the most popular of all the all the games that we released um and uh it's uh yeah i mean we released it and um just kind of, you know, kept trying to keep a, some of the community going on it and keep selling it from the web page. Okay. Um, in terms of community, then, what were you exactly trying to do? Um, well, with GISH, there's a level editor, which allowed you to make custom levels. So we kind of hoped that that would, you know, help promote the longevity of the game. Okay. And did you find that to be the case, or was still um, the Bridge series, was that way more pervasive in terms of the user community um yeah i i feel like the uh, the bridge bridge construction set definitely has just a stronger community behind it and you know is 
I mean, it was released several years before Gish, and it's still like is going, you know, well. Yeah. So it definitely has a longer life cycle. Okay. Um, and so with Gish, did you do any like special marketing, or is it just purely word of mouth because of the uniqueness of the gameplay and the feel and stuff like that? Um, yeah, it was pretty much the same. I mean, word of mouth and just trying to get it, you know, reviewed in in game websites, game magazines, and and things like that. How did you? Because um, I think. Wasn't it reviewed by the New York Times? It was mentioned in, a, in an article about indie games um, by in the New York Times, yeah. Okay. I mean, how does one go about trying to even get mentioned in the New York Times? That was just kind of something that uh, was kind of a result of the uh, of the IGF, I think, because okay. they you know they were looking for indie games to do an article about, and you know, winning the the grand prize of IGF kind of placed Gish as one of the premier you know, indie games, so they were interested in talking to us about it. Okay, cool. And um, in terms of, I guess, opportunities from other places and stuff, did that just explode after Gish, or is it was it pretty much the same as after releasing any other type of game? Um, I mean, it definitely helped because of its popularity, but um, so, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, each additional, you know, product kind of built a little more momentum, but... Um, there, I mean, there was a decent amount before, but there's definitely, you know, a lot after Gish also. Okay, cool. Um, so after Gish, what what are you guys thinking then in terms of your next game? Um, so the there's golf question mark is actually still in development, and uh, okay. that's kind yeah. Of... I was I was going to ask about that because I thought <laughs> that was that was supposed to come out like a year or two ago or something. Uh, it's it's supposed to come out quite a while ago, but um. It's uh, I mean, it's kind of evolved as as it was developed and it changed quite a bit. And so um, it's uh, I mean, it's close to finish, but um, it could still be a while. It's just a matter of getting all the levels together and okay. and all the content in. Well, you mentioned collaboration. You collaborated with someone else on the golf game, and you also or golf question mark game, and you also collaborated with someone else on the the bridge game for NVIDIA. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, is how do you like that collaboration compared to actually just developing the game within your own studio? Um, well, I guess, you know, indie developers, it's it's definitely helpful to get a little more, uh, you know, manpower to help develop games. So that was, you know, one of the main reasons to uh, collaborate is to get, you know, more people involved and be able to make a better product. Okay, cool. And you found that then to be worthwhile? Yeah, definitely. Okay, awesome. Um, okay, so now after that, and and I know you're still working on the golf question mark game. Uh, what I guess what was going through your mind? What was were there other physics based games that you were thinking of doing then? Um, then it was uh, just not anything specific. I mean, it was just kind of the same idea. You know, try try different ideas and see what see what we can make. Okay. And um, any ideas just totally pop out? Um, no, I mean, not like, not anything really like right away. Um, just kind of, I mean, now I'm trying to, uh, I'm involved in a couple different projects, and I've been experimenting with, uh, you know, um, distributing some other developers' games on the website as well. So just kind oh, of yeah. trying some different ideas. Okay, cool. And what are those ideas? Um, well, for for me personally, I spend a 
a large percentage of my time dealing with, you know, having the company and doing sales and marketing and support. So, uh, like, I've kind of been streamlining that and trying to get more time that I could put towards development and at the same time work together with, you know, other talented indie developers to, to get some new products. Okay, awesome. Um, so since you're doing more, more of the marketing and sales, are there any specific new things that you're trying to do or trying to experiment with to increase the exposure of chronic logic? Um, there, I mean, there's always lots of different, uh, you know, different things you can do for marketing. There's a lot of, like, companies that, you know, you can pay to help you. There's, um, there's like, pay-per-click advertising and, you know, paper impression advertising, a lot of different things like that. But um, those have kind of always been things that, uh, that we've avoided doing basically anything that okay. costs money we've avoided in terms of marketing so um but uh i have been experimenting with you know some of those ideas a little bit to try and see if uh you know they if it's actually worthwhile to do anything like that okay um and have any of those turned out or is it just you're it's just too hard to differentiate yourself um i'm still you know experimenting with them but so far there hasn't been any you know really great things that I've discovered it's the um, you know it's pretty much you you know you get what you pay for okay um, are you looking into leveraging your user community any in any different way um, well with doing like the um, the contests and you know having newsletters and, and things like that that kind of just keep people informed of what we're up to we try and you know have that uh, that benefit the the community and benefit us. Okay. Now, did you have any contests for GISH? Because um, I'm wondering if you had the same response or the same um, enthusiasm as you did for the bridge series. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, it wasn't as, as easy to do contests because of, I mean, you kind of need a, you know, a subject of it and it's like the bridge, yeah. you know, the bridge building games it's so perfect because you have a bridge and you you know you need got to make the cheapest bridge and everyone can can try it so with gish um i believe we did a couple of maybe like a contest for uh designing what was it um it was designing some like some kind of poster for it or or something like that you know so it's okay. kind of art an art contest yeah. and uh and that was pretty cool but um I mean, the only other thing you could really do is do, like, level design contests, but those are pretty, like, it's pretty difficult to, to make good levels, so it, it wouldn't really have a large, you know, a large amount of people who could participate. Okay, cool. Um, so do you see user community as a core aspect, then, or of design in your upcoming games, then? Um, I mean, is it something that you guys totally shoot for, or is it... Uh, if it works, it works. If it is, if the game calls for it, cool. If it doesn't, eh. yeah. I mean, it's not like an intentional design of the games, but it is something that is, you know, is beneficial if it can be done. So, it's definitely something that you can keep in mind, but not necessarily designed for. Okay, cool. Um, so right now there are no future projects. Um, right now there's I'm collaborating with a uh, with a someone named uh, Scott on a game called Kingdom Elemental, which is... Yeah, is, that's what I was Yeah, it's, about it's coming along pretty nicely and uh, hopefully will be released you know, later this year. Okay. Was there any reason why you deviated from physics-based stuff into RPGs? 
or or you just felt, eh, well, this is a compelling game idea. Um, Go with it. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of different factors, but um, just it's just um, like not, you know, not any specific reason to uh, okay to to develop like a certain kind of game. It's always just um, you know try different ideas and and see what you know what can be done. Okay, cool. Um, so in the development of this game, are you paying more attention? Are you working on the game design and stuff, or is it... Yeah, um, yeah, I'm helping with the game design. Okay, and um, how are you going about this then? I mean, like, are you doing anything different for this game that you or that you haven't done in previous games, or is it still the same methodology? Um, well, with this, with this game, I mean, it's pretty much the same. It's still, you know, you try different ideas and see if they work, but um, I guess with this game it's a little more, like, there's a little more polish that's going into it than any of our previous games in terms of, okay. like, um, you know, sound and music, um, like voice voiceovers for the for the tutorial or introduction and, and stuff, so it's a little more like, a, um, I guess a more high quality production, you could say. Okay, cool. Um, when do you expect to release it? Hopefully in um, September, October. Okay, awesome. And um, let's see. I guess, do you have any other game ideas in the queue after that, or still just totally working on that at the moment? Um, no, we're actually working on uh, another game here as well, and um, it's uh, kind of a more long-term project that, you know, hopefully will be released maybe early next year. Okay. Uh, can you give any details, or is it super secret? Um, not yet, but uh, we'll probably have some details about it up on the webpage in the next couple of months. Okay, awesome. And uh, so now, where do you see the uh, the studio of Chronic Logic going in terms of uh, long term, and uh, what you want to do in terms of games? Um, well, like I said, I'm kind of like experimenting with different things with, uh, you know, distributing other games on the website. But, I mean, what I basically like to do is is I'd like it to have great indie games that aren't casual, that are serious, you know, games that more hardcore gamers are into. Okay. Um, let's see. Now that a lot of other companies are going online and stuff, do you see yourself being... Uh, is it going to get more challenging, in your opinion, to compete then with some of the more, some of the bigger companies that go after the hardcore gamer? Um, I think that the the online space has definitely become more competitive in the last several years. I mean, there's just been a huge boom in yeah. in games that are made for you know to be distributed online and a, and companies that do that. So it definitely is has gotten more competitive, and I expect it will, you know, remain very competitive. Okay. Um, now, when you say you're going after the hardcore gamer, are is most of your demographic the hardcore gamer, or I mean, are you bringing in people like people who wouldn't normally play games because of the uniqueness of some of your games? Um, hopefully, both. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the demographic is hardcore gamers, but it's not casual gamers. It's kind of a you know a space in between that varies from you know from middle to hardcore. Okay. Cool. Um, let's see. Uh, now, this whole idea of promoting stuff, promoting other games on your website, uh, what inspired it? Um, 
Well, just one of the main reasons was because there there aren't any really, you know, there aren't many sites that that have a bunch of good indie games on them that aren't casual. I mean, all the major sites you see, they just have tons and tons of casual games. So if if you're not into casual games and you're you know more of a serious gamer, there's no real place for you to go and and find good games. Like it's you really have to sort through a ton of games to to find you know ones that are that are more serious, more hardcore games. Okay. Um, then do you see yourself or the site actually morphing into like a portal for more serious gamers or is it just still going to be primarily something where it's just a place for chronic watch? Um, I mean, I've thought about that, but it's, I guess it's not something that I'm that interested in doing in terms of, you know, really expanding it for having tons of games and, and, uh, and going in that direction. So I kind of you know, like to keep it small, but I have several good indie games on there, some developed in-house, some through uh, collaborations with, you know, other teams or other indie developers, and some that are, you know, developed completely uh, separately from Chronic Logic. Okay, cool. Um, and so now you're, like, you know, part of Chronic Logic. What games do you folks like? What games do you folks play? Um, well... Because Chronic Logic has this mystique of, like, these eccentric games. <laughs> yeah. And so it's always interesting to see what, what, what games you guys like. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, I I like, uh, I don't know, some of my favorite games are kind of more old-school games, like uh, XCOM is probably one of my favorite games of all time, and I, okay. I still play that occasionally. I mean, I kind of like uh, role-playing games and, and strategy games like... Uh, Neverwinter Nights, Boulder's Gate, those you know those cool. series, or um, Civilization, Civ Civ Two is oh, okay. probably one of my favorite games of all time. So, yeah, I kind of play a lot of old you know older games that have, I guess, uh, dynamic gameplay is probably one of the biggest you know draws for me. Games that you can play more than once and have a different experience. Okay, so. I mean, do any of the casual games appeal to you, or have you seen any new games recently that have totally appeal to you? Um, the, the casual games don't, don't really appeal to me very much. I haven't really seen any that, uh, you know, that are really, that really draw me. I mean, they're good to waste some time or, you know, some of them can be a bit addicting, but, uh, nothing that I really feel passionate about. Okay, cool. Um, let's see, have you seen any other online games that, that have totally amazed you or blown your mind? Um... Like, have you played Armadillo Run? No, I haven't. Okay. I'm like, yeah, really, I mean, it's funny because when, uh, you know, when I started doing this, um, I was, you know, really into playing games, but having worked on games so much, you, you kind of get burnt out, you know, like you play less than, than you'd like to, yeah. just because that's, you spend your whole day working, and so at the end of the day, you kind of want to get away from the computer, so, yeah, I really play less games than I, than I used to. Oh, really? Okay. Um, is is there a big development community in Santa Cruz, or is it pretty much uh, Chronic Logic? Um, there's, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say big, but there's definitely you know a, a group of group of people who uh, are all indie developers here. Maybe several studios. Oh, really awesome. Okay, and do you folks just hang out together, or is it pretty separate? Um, or I mean, is there 
kind of like a bonding time where you folks talk about the state of the industry and where things are going to go? Yeah, it's it's been pretty separate so far. We've had some discussions with different people about having like a you know an indie get together every so often, but uh, yeah. it hasn't actually came to be yet. Okay, cool. Um, so, any last things you want to say to the game development community? Um, no, nothing that I can think of. Okay, cool. Uh, any other things about the future of game design? Any insight or thoughts about it? Um, well, I'm sure it's probably been been said a lot, but definitely the uh, the gameplay is is very important in uh you know in the games and you're starting to see less and less of that in the especially in the larger AAA titles where there's a lot of licenses and sequels and you you really like it doesn't really matter what the game plays like they pretty much just you know throw Lord of the Rings on top of it and release it and so uh you know I really hope to see more games that have original dynamic gameplay okay cool um thanks so much uh that's all there is all right great thank you yep take care all right, bye bye